Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Letterman Row. And as the Big Ten world turns, brought to you by Byers Auto, I think that's just going to be the new name for this segment for a while. Um, ostensibly, this is another delayed rapid reaction to uh, Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren being back in touch uh, with the White House, not specific to President Donald Trump. That call was last Tuesday. There's not been another one between those uh, between the commissioner and the president, but there have been two uh, multiple sources have told Letterman Row two follow-up calls uh, from Warren to White House uh, tr- uh, representatives, the Trump administration, but he's not asked for any amount of tests, a specific amount of tests. He's also not added any additional requests for assistance from the White House. Um, that was, it's now going on uh, eight, nine days. This was something that uh, I think my sense is that the White House thought there'd be a little more urgency from the Big Ten uh, with, that, with the offer of help being on the table, that maybe they would actually act like they want to play sometime soon. Yeah, but clearly they don't. I mean, that's, that's what this really comes down to, is that we were all under the impression, we were all bamboozled here into thinking that what they really, that they were concerned about, like, player safety and health and all that stuff, and that they didn't want to play because they wouldn't have the resources to play and they, to make sure they had all the te- – but they have all those things. Everyone else is playing – the Big Ten is still sitting on its hands. And the fact of the matter is, I don't care what your opinion about Donald Trump is. If the White House reaches out and says, we can help you, call us back by Friday and let us know how we can do it. And then you don't call them back. You're just a jerk. Like, what are you doing? You're playing with people's lives here. You're playing with people's futures. Like, stop, stop, just stop. Man up. Say, we, hey, we thought things were going to go a different way. They didn't. We're going to correct the course. Sorry, our bad. Let's play football in October. Because if you play football in November, it's stupid. And Ohio State should say, no, thank you. We're not playing in November. Screw you. Yeah, I think it's, you know, you would have thought that it would have been encouraging to write the story that, that Letterman Rowe had on Tuesday that, that the Big Ten was still in active talks with the White House. But that – Initial call on Tuesday was described as positive by both sides. And I think that there was an expectation on the side in D.C. that there was going to be real momentum, that if you're urged or encouraged um, and offered this help, that you would take it and do something with it quickly. But to have two subsequent follow-ups where neither of those goals were accomplished, I'm not sure that people understand uh, – or it can even believe that that's what's happened with Kevin Warren. And it doesn't make any sense. That's not how any of this works when they're supposed to be, you know, if you want to play on October 10th, I would say that the deadline is Friday or Saturday of this week. Agreed. You can't just snap your fingers and say, well, here's 250,000 tests. That's the kind of stuff that you might want to have brought up in these other calls. And it's, I just feel like I'm going crazy, Spencer. I don't, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around why a Thanksgiving option even makes sense to anyone. Like a three-year-old could look at the schedules and say like, I think Liberty could look at the schedules and say, Oh man, Thanksgiving Thanksgiving doesn't make sense. Like it, it just doesn't. What are you playing for? And so for these presidents, some of these presidents and one president in general from what every, everything we've heard to think that Thanksgiving makes sense and November makes more sense than October. How? 
On what? Here's point? how it makes sense. Here's how. Because for those presidents around the league that are tired of getting their asses kicked by Ohio State, what they realize is that by forcing Ohio State to play in starting in end of uh, November or waiting until January, the Ohio State football team will be a totally different football team than the one that's ready to play in October. And so for a league that has had its collective rear ends kicked for the last 20 years, this is an opportunity to bring the Buckeyes back to the pack. And so what you see is <laughs> the University of Michigan, let's just call it out, let's not beat around the bush, that, that is the school that's holding up the October uh, you know, possibility right now, if we're being honest, or at least one of the, the, the schools the, that are doing it. But I mean, it's, it's the biggest the big one. one. It's the big one. And if Michigan doesn't play Ohio State in October, well, they stop Ohio State from having a chance to win a national championship. They significantly increase their chances of actually beating Ohio State if they play this year at some point because Justin Fields, Sean Wade, Wyatt Davis, all these guys are gone. And, and all of a sudden, you have a little bit more momentum to say, hey, well, our program can compete. No, you can't. You're mm. doing your – hey, this is how I feel. I know, it. It, I know it is. Deal with it. And there's, I, there's no I objective love, reason. There's no I objective reason. Okay, but to believe that would require – that this this dude this president who won't even I've pick up the, my mind. Who, who won't even answer a text or a phone call from Jim Harbaugh that this guy actually cares about college football. I lost no my mind. Does. Exactly, he doesn't care about football. Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh wants to play. Jim Harbaugh should quit. Jim Harbaugh should walk to Mark Schlissel's office right now, knock on his door and put in his two weeks notice and say, "Hey, you know what? You don't support our program. You don't support me. You don't support my kids or our families." I'm out. I'm going to coach the Miami Dolphins. Tua wants me. Tua, Tua would answer his call. That's true. I just, you're in. I just, I just think this is like around the horn. Like seriously, when just like you buzz us in, Burm and I just Burm's up on points right now. I'm telling you. I was but going I think, up and down with the points because not all the arguments made sense. <laughs> doesn't but, matter. Oh, I. Oh, you guys got me so no, angry. So, I'm just going to let question, this one happen. I'm I'm very confused because again I'm going to keep harping on the November point because it seems to me that 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 one specific president who happens to be an epidemiologist knows what happens during flu season. I would assume that an epidemiologist knows that if you get deeper into flu season, it might be more of a risk to play football. So why would you hold out and want to play in November rather than October? Other than Same. two reasons. Other than two reasons. And I'm just going to piggyback off of her. It's either the Ohio State reason or it's political because I can't think of another reason why an epidemiologist would want to wait until November deeper into flu season to play a football season when you can get it started in October. I, I just, there is, I, there is no founding. There is no objective reason to be sitting waiting while the rest of college football is playing. And the simple fact of the matter, if we're waiting for a vaccine, there's a flu vaccine, 75,000 people a year still die from the flu. Okay. A vaccine isn't going to be a magic cure-all to, to solving COVID-19. Let's stop being uh, um, myopic about this. Like, it, everyone else is playing. The Big Ten is going to be sitting home. And I, I know the Pac-12 is not playing, and I know the Mac is not playing, and blah, blah. The, the other conferences that matter are playing. And it's embarrassing. I mean, it's so embarrassing for the Big Ten to have this continuing. Embarrassing. There's really no other word for it. The, the United States government has offered to assist you. And in a way, doing so have removed a, a good portion of the liability issues that you were worried about to begin with. And if there is a struggle, if there is a, an outbreak 
following football games, which there hasn't been anywhere else, then you have the federal government assisting you instead of being forced to do it all yourself. So the Big Ten should be in a better position yeah. than anyone else. And, and that part is interesting to me because when, when I think about this situation with Warren in the White House and, and university presidents and chancellors, they don't even need federal assistance. They are the richest conference in college football. If Central Arkansas and Austin P and BYU and, you know, the ACC starting this week, if none of those leagues need help from the White House, the Big Ten certainly doesn't. And as you said, it could be viewed as a potential bonus for the league. Uh, I mean, they can easily afford 250000 or 500000 of these tests if they're offered to them. They don't have to be gifts. They can pay for them. Uh, they can easily afford – MRI machines, if that's what they want for myocarditis. They, the Pac-12 just found a way to get daily testing. Uh, the, the most confusing, uh, the even, even worse leadership historically than the Big Ten, and Larry Scott has found a way uh, to make sure that his league could potentially play by November with daily testing. Now, we can argue about when, when is the right time, but they're also dealing with different situations in California, in Oregon, in Washington than the Big Ten footprint is. But again, that's also a reason why this league should not be sitting on the sideline on October 10th. So it's just when you add up all these things and you say them out loud, I just don't understand what could be going on in the, in the meetings with presidents and chancellors that it's so, it's so easy to see solutions from the outside. And I know that their decision is harder and there's other factors with broadcast networks and liability and all, all these other things. We're not school presidents, but we understand how football works and we have a, all now have six months into this, have a pretty good idea how this disease works and how it can be managed in, in a path forward. You just, I just don't know what, what they're hoping for, what other thing Michigan would need to see because they are the only vote that matters. Like Rutgers is just not going to pick a side in the rivalry. They have 50 million reasons to just be happy with whatever they decide. So it's going to be up to the rivals to chart a path forward. And I don't know what it's going to take for Michigan to get on the right side of this. There's... I wanted to apologize. Sorry, Spencer. Uh, I did not mean to say that Michigan was afraid of Ohio state uh, playing football, but I kind of do mean it. <laughs> I, I definitely think they don't want Ohio state to have a chance to win a national championship. Um, but maybe everything else I said was off base. Jim Harbaugh should still quit though. Go ahead, Spencer. There's a certain off, Spencer. I think I think I can top that. There's a certain oh, level – no, not topping is in, is in just off the wall, but there's a certain level of chess beating that the Big Ten always hates from, when it comes from, like, the SEC. But right now I feel like the Big Ten just continues to, to beat its chest and, and just not care what anybody thinks about it. because It's beating its head against the wall like a bunch of morons. <laughs> no, but you've got you've – got no chess the, beating. No, hear me out, Berm. Come on. I let you read off a paper or whatever you did. You've got the I'm commissioner sorry, of this league. <laughs> you, have, you have the commissioner of this league having the gall not to call the White House back to give them an answer on Friday. You've got a president. Who's he did standing call them by, on Friday. He did call them on Friday. He, you've, you've, got a, you've got a university president who is so confident in his science rather than every other doctor including the doctor that uh, the heads the NCAA 
on if football is safe to play. And you, you made the decision. You can't say it's wrong because you have way too much pride to say that it's wrong. And now you're just going to stick with it. That, that's some major off-base chess beating that needs to stop. It needs to stop now. <laughs> they need exactly. to play football. The reality is, Austin, you said, you know, we understand how football works. We understand how COVID-19 is being handled and how it can be handled. But we also understand life. And the reality of the situation is very simple. Everything here starts with presidents of these schools and the commissioner, Kevin Warren, picking up the damn phone and actually talking to the people involved and actually talking to the coaches at Ohio State, and actually having a conversation with the players and the parents at Ohio State, and actually addressing the players at Ohio State and around the league. That is the first I – mean, we're five weeks into this, and they still haven't given any sort of plan to anybody. And it is, it is almost indefensible and unforgivable to me. And, again, that's why I'm not even saying just Jim Harbaugh. If I'm Kirk Ferentz, if I'm Ryan Day, if I'm I, – I don't know that I would want to be a part of this league. And I, I know that weeks ago we're saying, Ohio State can't leave the Big Ten. They can't leave the Big Ten. Ohio State can't. Individual people can. And I, I don't know that the Buckeyes and the rest of the league are really totally understanding what they're bringing on themselves as they continue to embarrass themselves like this. I'm yeah, going to stop talking. I'm done talking. I mean, that's that's obviously – a more serious turn and a more serious consequence that, and people have asked us about this every day for five weeks. When it comes to the Buckeyes specifically, no, they're not going to leave the Big Ten. If there's no, the financial repercussion would be disastrous for them. Even everyone thinks that it could be easily solved. It simply cannot, uh, with all that money continuing to be owned by the Big Ten for the next uh, eleven years. But everyone the presidents and chancellors are simply not coming at this from the athletic perspective. And if they were, it would be a lot easier to see the repercussions of uh, a once in a generation opportunity for uh, Justin Fields or Sean Wade, uh, a five or six year, you know, commitment that exists for Ryan day's contract. And, and why would he want to continue to play in a league that doesn't want to compete at the highest level uh, when he will be welcomed with open arms at the NFL at, by the NFL. I, I, these arguments are specific to Ohio State. That's what we cover and who we know best, but it's not unique. If, if, if Michigan's president is not going to give an opportunity for Michigan to play football this year, then what you're saying about Jim Harbaugh is right. And I don't believe that he would just stay at his alma mater out of blind loyalty because he, deep down, is a very passionate competitor, even if he hasn't found a way to solve uh, the rivalry as the coach. Um, Kirk Ferentz, eh, I don't really care about that. Rutgers, uh, that's irrelevant. But Penn to State, Rutgers anyway. James, I mean, James Franklin uh, will not yeah. just stay at Penn State forever, and they've already seen what will happen to their top players uh, when the option was to out or go get ready for the NFL draft, and Micah Parsons said, see you later. Th these are opportunities, rare opportunities for the players that they're supposed to – these are their student athletes, to use their term, that they're not giving an opportunity to maximize their careers, maximize their platforms. And you have general managers at the NFL level already publicly saying that they would draft a player who plays this fall ahead of someone who doesn't. Um, that'll be an interesting uh, lawsuit potentially down the road uh, for loss of value. I just, we see all these things pure as day as consequences um, for the Big Ten as a whole, for specific institutions, for specific players, 
And I know that presidents have a bigger job to oversee an entire university, but this is the most public facing part of the, of the school. This is what and, drives, and the part that provides funding for everything else. It drives in applications. It drives in fundraising. Uh, boosters aren't lining up to, uh, you know, go watch a, a chemistry major. Somebody m- might have a breakthrough and donate money, but they would still like to have a suite to go watch the football game. I just, they just seem, there's such a weird disconnect here about how important it is. And, and I just. And obviously from the Ohio state perspective, I mean, uh, you brought up Micah Parsons and it makes me think of Justin Fields and Sean Wade and Wyatt Davis and all these guys. You know, we've talked about it on this show. Ryan Day's talked about it when we've had the opportunity to speak to him when he's dealt with the media. This group at Ohio State right now is an extremely special group that has an opportunity to do something, is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And the fact that Justin Fields and Wyatt Davis and Sean Wade and Josh Myers and all these guys are still on campus, they are practicing, they are working, these kids deserve an opportunity to go out there and live their dream. And it just drives me up a damn wall that people are, are not considering or even talking to them about this. Like they just, they deserve a conversation. I can't believe we spent all summer talking about how players need a voice and how players voices matter. And now when they're screaming and begging to be heard about playing a game, they're, they're being basically ignored by the adults in the room. It's embarrassing. And now I'm really done talking. I'm done. Are you done, Spencer? Well said. Well said. It's good. It, the, we touched on the consequences. The consequences are going to extend far beyond 2021, 2025. I think when these television deals are up, whenever that happens to be, I think this could come up then. You know, do you guys really value football the way that we're going to pay you? To, to broadcast these games, you know, this could have ramifications 10, 15 years down the road. This is not, I think the big 10 is playing with a lot bigger fire than they think they are. I think, I think it's very nearsighted to, or, uh, you know, very, uh, they, they've got some blinders on. And I think, I think they need to, they need to really look at the, the big picture here because the consequences of everything that they've done for the last five weeks is, uh, a, are going to be huge. And what they've done, uh, so far in these five weeks has been, like Berm said, embarrassing and abhorrent, every word you could think of. Yeah. Even if they don't approve of a plan to play by October 10th, they still need to put something in place by the end of this week. It's not fair to anybody involved to let this drag out. Ohio State, that will have, they'll have finished you know, two weeks uh, of these 12-hour work weeks with everyone being required to be back on campus and participating. Um, you're just going to make them do that permanently, individual drills twice a week, uh, meetings with no game plan putting in. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It's not helpful um, to make them do that indefinitely without knowing what it's for. So I, I would – again, this is not a, a prediction in any way, and I don't uh, – as I've said dating back to, to last week, we don't know of any date planned for the return to play task force to – present a plan and the presidents and chancellors to vote on it. When, when we find out, uh, we will certainly report on that. But uh, I just believe that it would have to be done by Friday so that everyone knows what's going to happen and put a plan, practice plan in place, game plan, schedule plan, recruiting calendar, everything else that goes in, involved with a college football year. So that just so you know, uh, if it's November, Okay, well, Sean Wade is probably going to get ready for the draft and not going to play in that, but he deserves an opportunity 
to make that decision for himself. So the longer that this drags out, the worse it's going to be for the Big Ten. Uh, it's definitely in the best interest of everybody who covers college football, plays college football, is a parent of a college football player, is a coach of college football, uh, runs a bar on Lane Avenue. Everybody needs to know what's going to happen here so that we can all move forward. Uh, that's not happened at this point, and it's incredibly disappointing, as Burnham and Spencer have both said already. I'll add my sense to that, two cents to that as well. I'm Austin Ward. Burnham has one more apology. I'm, I'm sorry about everything I've said. <laughs> but I, I, I want you all to know that we appreciate you watching and listening. Wow. That, Thank you. That is heartfelt. You can tell he means it because he didn't really write anything on that card. So uh, that's oh, that a, was from the heart. That's a secret of the pros. That's just a fun prop. He's Berm. That's Spencer Holbrook. I'm Austin Ward. This has been uh, As the Big Ten World Turns, brought to you by Buyers Auto. We'll see you next time at lettermanrow.com.